0: Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today, my special guest is famous author and wife, Jessica Lemon. And today, we'll do, we be doing part one of the Money series. And this part is called Bankruptcy to Billionaires. And today, we'll be drinking... Uh, I know what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a Shinerbach beer. And Jessica's drinking something in a clear coffee <laughs> mug. I'm what having, are you drinking?
1: I'm having coffee and... Almond Milk Bailey's. So Bailey's has a dairy-free option, and we thought we'd try it. I know. Very
0: fancy. Very nice. Well, that sounds great. How is it? I know we've already had a couple sips here. It's kind
1: of getting cold now, but it's good.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it happens. All right. So today we're talking about the money, the money, and bankruptcy to billionaires. So Jessica, would you like to start and uh, kind of give a background and a history of our money situation. Where do you want me to start? Oh, wow. I can start. The year was 2009. <laughs> well, let's you might see. want to go back even Actually, let's further go this. Than that. But let's yeah. yeah, let's just do a brief history. Okay. So we were married. Well, let's not bore the people. So yeah, it'll be quick. On the um, so are we listening. So we met in uh, 1997 uh, when we both got together. I had some credit card debt. You had some credit card debt. Uh, we thought credit card debt was cool. And we actually planned to get married the next year, and we did in October of 1998. And we had quite a bit of credit card debt. We actually used credit cards to pay for our wedding.
1: Pay for the engagement ring, to pay for everything.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. To pay for things. Uh, We worked at restaurants. We didn't make a ton of money, and we liked to drink a lot of that away anyway, so we didn't have a whole lot left over. But we decided, uh, I think I read a book after that or something, and I decided that, hey, credit card debt is really stupid. We're paying a bunch of interest. And so over the next, I think it took us three years to pay off, I think it was $20,000 in credit card debt or something like that with the car, so. with the car or my truck. Um, so it took us three years to pay that off. Um, we, we found
1: were... a credit counseling agency, which I don't even know if you can find a reputable credit counseling yeah. agency, but basically we paid them a fee and every month they would pay our bills for it. We would send them the money and the fee and they would figure out which one to pay first and how to keep them from you know getting mad that they weren't being paid enough or whatever they basically did all of that in between work
0: yeah and they negotiated a little bit lower interest rates i believe yes but yeah we had money coming out of our account weekly and it was going to pay these and it helped because we were able to uh we i think we started like 100 bucks a week and then we did 150 and 200 so we were able to really press that as we had good weeks and as we made more money yeah we were able to pay it off quickly And i think it took like two and a half or three years and then we were debt free and uh worked out really well so the first thing we did once we were debt free is we went out and bought a car and <laughs> and then i think the next thing was uh mm-hmm. then you went to school no you went to school first so we got some school loans uh we bought a car off the showroom floor, which was a great car, the Lemony Mobile.
1: It was a great car. I mean, I kept that car for 14 years, so. Right, I
0: right. could
1: I could make an argument for that being a good It was a good car. <laughs> a good yeah. Approach. The
0: fact is, we borrowed money for school, we borrowed money for a yes, car, and I then know. we decided to borrow money by house. So, we knew that credit card debt was stupid, um, that was dumb, but we didn't realize maybe that other debt was also dumb. So, um, after that, we were working different jobs, different things, just got a good job out of school. I started um, studying real estate. I got a good
1: job out of school. I thought you said I good, got a good job at a school.
0: <laughs> not at a school. You're not not a teachery person. Yeah. Um No, and then I had started studying real estate investing, uh, followed some Rich Dad Poor Dad, Kiyosaki guy, a couple different people. And they were saying, or at least my understanding was, that debt was really a tool and really a smart thing to have and to uh, borrow money on credit cards and buy real estate because real estate always goes up in value. And then you have monthly cash flow and tax deductions and a bunch of cool stuff like that. And so I went whole hog into that. We ended up with a few years later, maybe three or four years later, Maybe six years? Uh, we ended up with 25 rental units, a 10-unit apartment building, a bunch of doubles, uh, a bunch of stress.
1: You're still working at this time. You were still working part-time, weren't you?
0: I was. Yeah. I was. I was. So even when I... I was
1: working full-time.
0: Mm-hmm. You're working full-time, and then you kind of changed careers and did the right. party light candle thing.
1: Right. I did. A, I had a direct sales you know, company that I did for six years. Yeah. So we were... It was a very, I just remember it being a very stressful time because all of the things that were supposed to be happening in our minds and all the things we had learned at the conferences and the seminars and from the books were not happening.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and like I said, we, we had, um, you know, I had kind of followed a path that uh, borrowing money to buy real estate with little or no money down seemed like a really good plan. And we ended up with uh, over $100,000 in credit card debt. We had, I mean, total debt for just the real estate business was close to like a million dollars with the mortgages. Um, And at at one time, you know, for a little while, it was stressful, but we had cash flow. Uh, When the properties were rented fully, we made money each month, and we had expenses and different things came up, and I learned a ton through that. Um, But then there was this little thing called the real estate bubble. And if anybody's seen the movie The Big Short... Um, I really suggest you should see the movie, The Big Short. It's uh, great. Yeah. It's
1: a great way to learn what happened during that period of time without being bored out of your mind. Because everybody's <laughs> in it, like uh, Brad, Brad Pitt's, Pitt's in, in it, it. and um, Steve Carell is in it, and um, Christian Bale is in it, and all of these like really great actors breaking down this incredibly complex because it was very very complex and even as easy to understand as that movie is I still had to have you pause I had to pause and ask you a few questions right so um anyway but the summary of the big short is everybody was losing their asses in real estate in right. 2009 uh, right they nine, were given eight, out seven what year did things, it actually
0: uh six to eight probably 2008 yeah six to I eight, eight it started to crash. Um. As I was, as I say, sometimes to people, um, like, well, how did you buy twenty-five units with no money? I said, well, they were giving out mortgages like candy. Yeah. And I mean, they literally were. Uh, banks would just look at your credit score, and then it would notice that you had ten thousand dollars in the bank. Now, granted, that ten thousand dollars I borrowed from a credit card and put in the bank, but they just saw, hey, you have a seven hundred plus credit score. Hey, you need a mortgage, and. And it was just crazy, um, you know. And I would refinance. Can't do that now. <laughs> we did some flips. We we had some successful parts of of the real estate business. Um, I did some wholesaling, which made some quick money. Uh, we did what, three or four flips that worked out pretty well. Um, but then, just once everything started to crash, it was just like the properties that I had bought, where I thought I had gotten this great deal, where it was you know seventy or eighty percent of what the actual price was, were all of a sudden worth less than what I owed. And I couldn't, you know, even if I wanted to sell everything, which was what we were trying to do over the next couple of years, um, nobody could get a mortgage to buy it. And the value was just not there because the market had just tanked.
1: Yeah. And that reminds me of like one thing I wanted to say during this podcast that I wrote down was it really doesn't matter what you make. It only matters what you spend. So your successes in real estate and any of the wins that we had, because of course we had wins, we didn't just, you don't just take like, you know, (laughs) the roller coaster down the hill and you just never do anything. Like we were obviously (laughs) making money and we were obviously making um, some good choices in there too, but it was overshadowed by all of the negative amounts dollars that were coming that were bleeding out from the properties and from the credit cards and Mm -hmm. that will snowball i think no matter what
0: i think so and i mean if i look back and think okay what if i had invested you know 10 years earlier or 10 years later whatever and and had the timing had been better and i could have invested when the properties were were actually at a low price and the market had gone up i think um, using the principles and things that I had known at the time, I think we still would have ended up in a bad spot. Uh, I don't think it would have hurt as much, and it wouldn't have been as quick. But I think we may have ended up with too much debt no matter what. Because, again, it was I was going off of the borrow any money you can because you need to buy real estate for cash flow and didn't realize that there's a lot of headaches and things that go along with that. So, hmm. so once the market started to crash, um, I just kept working my butt off to To try to sell the properties, um, to make sure the cash flow, to just do all these things. And I spent probably a a good solid year, if not two, uh, trying to get out of the mess and trying to pay off the credit card debt. We had over $100,000 in credit card While debt. While Jessica's
1: in the corner, like, all oh, my sirens are on high, blaring, right. going, stop, right. stop, don't right. do anything else.
0: Right. Well, even once you,
1: it was too late then.
0: Well, once you got to that point, and that was probably for the last year, I was like, yes, we need to, we need to get out of this debt. This is just crippling us. Um, And I was trying to wholesale properties and sell properties and all these things. And it just, you know, I had to like sell houses on, you know, I sold the apartment building on a land contract and all this stuff. It was just a big mess. And it just, with the way the market was against us and our horrible debt position we were in, you know, we just tried for a year, and I was like, oh, I'll never file bankruptcy. I'll never do that. And then after a year.
1: Because it, we figured out. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just no, have to say we figured no, we out. Are. We're like, okay, I was doing direct sales at this time, and I was working from home. And I said, okay, I can get a job, and let's be super, um, what's the word? Optimistic. What's the opposite? Yeah, yeah. the opposite of conservative. Let's be <laughs> right. super optimistic and say I can make about forty grand. I think at that time before then, I had never made more than thirty three or 34 or something so anyway let's just say i could make 40 grand and we sat down and we made a plan that jessica goes to work for 40 hours a week for 50 weeks a year at 40 grand after taxes we send every single dime to debt (laughs) and i would be working for 10 years to pay off this debt that's what we decided and i remember being like at that point we're like well could i do better Because we agonized over filing bankruptcy. Yeah, we did not want to do
0: it. There was no way. I mean, we went through uh, credit counselors. We went through, I mean, we went through all kinds of things. I mean, every single avenue you could possibly come up with to try to get out of this. And like you know what do we do and it took friends negotiate? of ours
1: saying listen we have a lawyer call our lawyer he got us out of our real estate problems right and that's when we were like maybe we should because right. it wasn't just us that was like right. going down in flames yeah, because
0: our friends they had done a sim- had we're in a similar situation as us uh you know much you know probably a, or a lot smaller level they had a lot less units than we did um and i in fact when they had told me they're like well we're going to file bankruptcy for our business and i thought well you know I, you know, are you sure you want to do that? And I was trying to talk them out of it. Um, but really? then yeah. six or eight or nine months later, I was giving them a call and saying, who's that attorney? Because I oh, just you went, called
1: them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause I was just like, you're like,
1: Oh, I get it. Like now <laughs> yeah.
0: I understand. I was like, why are you giving up? Why are you doing this? Why would you ever file bankruptcy? And then after that uh, and then just kind of like Jess's realization, like if we both worked, which we weren't making very much money, we both worked our butts off for the next 10 or 15 years, we might be able to pay that off. And we yeah. were just like, what are we doing? Um, and it just, everything was stacked against us. You know, they're bailing out the banks, but then the people that got all these mortgages, like, you know, there wasn't meaning
1: a, the government, right. The yeah. government's
0: bailing out the bank, right. but then there's no bailout. You know, we tried everything. So. I'm
1: telling you as bad and as horrible as the situation was, um, after watching the big short, I looked at John and thought and said, I can't believe I ever felt bad for a single second because everybody got away with just murder and our little teeny pittance of a bankruptcy, right. which wasn't a million dollars. I
0: don't right. think right. It was right, like right. More, it, was, no, it wasn't no. that much. Uh, it was close the real estate to was like. But yeah, valued I think that. Yeah, I think the But total as bad as I prospect.
1: felt about all of that, I remember thinking, "Wow, that wasn't even a big deal." Like to give you in a nutshell, if you've never filed bankruptcy, and I hope to God you never have to, but to give you an idea of what bankruptcy is like, you go into this. Um, a little courtroom that's basically a bunch of six foot tables lined up in the Mm -hmm. back of a room and you watch like a firing squad as every person in that room goes up, admits to having all this horrible debt at being buried and they're stressed and that one lady was crying and it's just the most, the air in the room is thick with grief and loss and fear.
0: And you can feel it just when you walk in. You're just you like, really wow. And that was painful then, just and in. And
1: then when you're at the table and they're like, they ask if there's anybody representing any of the banks or credit cards that you're filing bankruptcy for. And we had one guy with a clipboard stand up. And he was there to like basically represent whatever bank that credit card was for and right. i just yeah. remember wanting yeah, remember to exactly. die because you're you're sitting in front of an audience basically admitting that you're an idiot right like <laughs> and, and that you can and that you're just a big loser right and and that's what it felt like so anyway at the end of that hearing we walked to the back of the room and our lawyer sort of he put out his arm <laughs>
0: It's a great story.
1: <laughs> this is an honest-to-God true story. He put out his arm to sort of huddle us in because you know we're in this room full of people to huddle this in this little, you know, group so that he can tell us something and I thought he was giving me a hug because I was just so demoralized <laughs> and sad that I literally went to wrap my arms around him and hug him like his waist. And so I sort of had to stand there with my left arm around him like you know, we were dating Awkwardly. or we were in a prom picture or something. <laughs> but when I realized he wasn't, like, hugging me to... Because I was really just...
0: Um, well, it's emotionally... I mean, it was it's crazy. Off,
1: it was awful. It was awful yeah. to go through, and it was awful after that. Like, you think you're like, oh, phew, right. check. But it still has right. a ripple effect.
0: Yeah, it took years. I mean, the bankruptcy stays on your record for seven years. Um, and so I even... When we bought our house recently, and it's been... What it's been? What ten years or something? Or no, I'm sorry. Eight. It's been. Uh, it was seven. Or, it's almost been nine years since we did that.
1: It was seven years when we moved here because I remember right. we moved because we were we've been in our new house for a little over two years now. And right. we moved here. We were like, aha, December, whatever the date was, twelfth or whatever, Sweet. is our year 14th. year of jubilee, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? Our seven year.
0: <laughs> we finally get that wiped off our slate. Yeah. So. But yeah, the. Um, because we had all these properties, it wasn't just like, oh, magically you go to court, they dismiss it, bing, bong, bang, you're done, it's great. Um, it was still a series of people, uh, you know, what bailiffs coming to the door to personally yes. deliver papers. Um, and even I'm, though
1: you filed and you're right, not and right. you're and you've been told very um, succinctly by your lawyer not to pay any of these things, right? Yeah, you're done.
0: But you still get served with papers. And I was trying to protect because I felt like this was was my fault. I felt like it was all my fault, and that was just I was just sinking, and there was nothing I could do to get out of it. So I would always try to get the mail before just did just so there wasn't something in there that was you know gonna make it or even more upset about this. And I you know I'd try to like. You know, then when I'm at work trying to make some money, somebody would knock on the door and serve her papers. And it's just like, oh, my God. You know, and then I come home and she's crying. It was just this horrible situation.
1: Yeah.
0: And we, uh, so that that year is what we liked. So this is 2009. We like to call that the year of Job, like from the Bible.
1: Yes, it was bad.
0: And what were the, I mean, there was three big things that happened. Um, obviously the bankruptcy in, in, uh, December was a huge one.
1: Yes. Um, Um, I was in the process of, well, if you start at the beginning of the year, I had earned a vacation with my direct sales company mm -hmm. to Cancun, Mexico. Now I had been with this company for almost six years and it was like, I finally, finally earned this vacation. We bought John in, we were going to Cancun, we got our passports And then if any of you remember when swine flu was a big thing and (laughs) uh, swine flu, which is not funny, but John's laughing because it's, the irony is crazy because we finally, finally are on this vacation. We finally have a win. And this is like in, I don't know, April of that year of 2009. And then we find out that they are not going to fly us to Cancun, Mexico, because there's been so many outbreaks of swine flu. They were actually worried about... Sending us there and making everybody right. sick. Now, the company did an amazing, amazing job of giving us cash for that trip. And you have to realize they paid for those flights, they paid for that vacation. They had to eat all of that and then pay us on top of that. So, whenever right. anybody was like, Oh, I'm so sorry about your vacation, I was like, Yeah, I just cry into my big check, right? Like, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Crying in my bag of money they sent me, but it was really <laughs> devastating to right. work that hard because you worked 9 to 12 months out of that year to get there, and uh, I just didn't, I fell just short. Right. Um, immediately following that, uh, we had our second miscarriage, our second final miscarriage because we do not have children. Um, so losing a baby on top of that was really right, hard, right. or losing a pregnancy. a, baby,
0: a Business. Um, yeah it was I mean my was... direct
1: sales business by then was kind of circling the drain um I, I was a leader in that business and I just didn't feel sort of the desire to do it if you can imagine right <laughs> my life is like sort of swirling the drain and I didn't <laughs> want to continue doing it I was really getting tired of sales um John with his job what happened that year with your work
0: well at the end of the year um, and it was actually I think in January, but uh, I had been working for a property management company and doing pretty well. Um, So I was working my butt off doing that, uh, leasing apartments and just running all over the place Cincinnati, Dayton, everywhere, and also running our own properties with the 25 units. So I just was super, super crazy busy and I was making pretty decent money. Um, But then at the end of the year, uh, you know, shortly after our bankruptcy, I ended up getting laid off. Um, And, you know, laid off, and then I was able to. Do a little bit of freelancing, leasing, where, you know, I'd lease a house or something and they'd pay me 500 bucks for doing, you know, like it was just making like, you know, going from making 40 or $50,000 a year to, to almost nothing and then trying to deal with the properties and we're trying to unload the properties for the bankruptcy and it was just an absolute Trying to unload crazy. our bank
1: account because before you...
0: Right. Before you oh, file this is a bank, good story. Yeah. Before you
1: file bankruptcy, you sort of play your own game of Brewster's Millions. Like, I don't know if you remember <laughs> that Richard Pryor movie. It's a really old movie and before our time, too. But he basically right. would inherit all this money if he could spend all this other money. So we had to take our bank account down to, I can't remember how much money, but barely yeah, any we money.
0: We talked to our attorney and he said that... Um, so the funny thing through this whole thing is that we didn't... Put a second mortgage on our own house, Um, and we didn't actually have any credit cards that we didn't have any personal debt. debt.
1: Yeah, it
0: wasn't any personal debt, right? Um, And actually, we had paid off the car. We didn't have any car debt. We didn't have any debt except for this, you know, huge (laughs) no debt except a million bucks, you know, in real estate and hundred thousand dollars in credit cards. But it was all for the business. And, and so, we had to
1: personally guarantee all of those loans. So correct, that's why correct. we had to personally file. Correct.
0: So it was a business bankruptcy, mm-hmm. but it was personally because we had guaranteed everything. But no, our attorney had said, um, what you have to do is you have to pick a date. Uh, we picked December 14th. Uh, and the reason we did that is because I got paid on December 15th. And he said, the idea is you want to have as little money as possible in your accounts, Um And uh, the way the bankruptcy law is set up, you don't lose your house, um, and then you can have a little bit of money in cars and things like that. Um, But we needed to unload any other money, and we wanted to take our our bank account. He's like, "Yeah, just you know, just spend money." To be clear, you couldn't do it
1: on credit cards. It's not like we were out there just spending money on credit cards that we were then going to file. Because we were trying to be really responsible about. Okay, we've got all this money saved up for you know life. So what can we buy that will help us get through the next year of life? So right. we bought and so we, yeah, and so forever we stamps and we bought um <laughs> gift cards for the grocery store and we paid like
0: the mortgage payment a month ahead and we paid the utility yeah. bills. There's specific rules and guidelines on how you're supposed to do that.
1: We bought tires um, for the car and We
0: did. We bought a little fireplace. We, <laughs> we bought a
1: fireplace. We yeah.
0: bought a bunch of alcohol. <laughs> we and did. we we went to the liquor store loaded up. Because we figured we, we would probably carts. need that. We so. had two
1: carts. And we were like, well, we'll stock a liquor cabinet. <laughs> it never goes bad. Not ever. And boy, <laughs> did we need a drink after that.
0: Yeah, we read about something later on that there was somebody had said there was a thing called situational alcoholism. Oh, my friend
1: mentioned it, yeah. <laughs> and I
0: thought, well, that seemed like the situation. <laughs> That's
1: the situation, that. yeah. And we bought
0: a Nintendo Wii. and uh, basically, we played
1: that entire winter. Right. And then I think never played again.
0: <laughs> right, right. So... <laughs> But anyways, yeah, so that was an interesting story of that. They were
1: dark days, though. I mean, they really were. We were. We never thought we could be in a position where we're sort of like, A, grateful that it happened, and B, it's something that we can look back and actually kind of laugh about.
0: Right, and hopefully maybe somebody can learn. Uh, From what we did and understand that, or just, you know, commiserate and understand that, oh, this is a tough and yes, we're really successful now.
1: But there's another side.
0: But we didn't, yeah, we haven't always been that way. So, and during this, um, actually at the end of 2009, we started going to uh, the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace class. Not required,
1: just something that we did. Right. Because I know some bankruptcy... Bankruptcies when you file, you are required to go to right. debt classes.
0: Right. And we did that. We did all those online through yeah. a separate thing. And they're not and they're just a joke, but I but, mean honestly. I mean you can actually take the Dave Ramsey course and count it towards that. You
1: can, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, okay. which is what we didn't find I would out suggest. About that, but... but it's yeah. Anyways, we started going to the Dave Ramsey class. Uh, I think one of my sisters had told me about it. Um, somebody had said something about it online. I saw a billboard that said it, and then our bank was offering a discount if we went to it, and I kinda thought that this is one of those things. Like the first time I heard, it, I was like, eh, whatever. Eh. But then I've heard it three or four times, and I thought the next time there's going to be that billboard's going to fall through my car that says Dave Ramsey on it, and God will be like, yes, you really need to take this class. <laughs> and so before we got it escalated to that, uh, we signed up and we start. We really enjoyed that. We learned a lot. Um, I think Dave Ramsey's great um, uh, with helping people get out of debt. Um, and getting through things, and it also brought us together as a couple to put us on the same page financially, which was one of the biggest problems with, you know, the symptom was the bankruptcy, but the actual problem was we weren't really on the same page and listening to each other. Right. Um,
1: I think we would have said we were.
0: Right. But we would have been wrong. <laughs> we would have been,
1: but we would have been lying.
0: <laughs> right, right. So... So, anyways, after the uh, the year of job, and then I, you know, lose my job. Um, the next year, 2010, was definitely looking up. Um, I got a, a a great job. I got fired from that three months later, and then I got a really good job. <laughs> it worked out well.
1: Shit um, was the think, uh, term that you think, actually used.
0: <laughs> yeah. When you did I text me. you and just say? I, te- I think I text it's, you. you the like. a
1: text said, I just got fired. No joke. It was all in caps, and I was, like, at work, and I was like, what? <laughs>
0: and I think I text you three or four times, like, no, no kidding. Like, really, I really, really did. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I had
1: gone before. back to work part-time for an office at that did. time, because so I remember sitting at a desk that was not at my home and, like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, but things started looking up, and then as far as your career, though, mm-hmm. um, what I think is kind of cool is – you weren't able to go on the trip to Cancun because of the swine flu. Right. But you used the money you got from the check that they paid you. Yes. And what did you buy with it?
1: I bought a laptop. Excellent. Um, I bought a laptop because I decided to have a staycation since I couldn't go on a vacation. And I discovered a little book you may have heard of called Twilight. <laughs> Twilight had been out. You know, all four books were actually out two of them in hardcover the rest were in there you know everything comes out in hardcover first then they come out in paperback so i picked up the first two and anyway then i picked up the second two i read all four books in seven days i mean john would come home from work like um where's dinner and i would just hold up the book and be like i'm busy i don't know where dinner is <laughs> like i You're have on your own. i live in forks washington with a bunch of vampires now So that obsession became something I leaned into, and I just thought, you know, I always liked to write, and I always liked to read, and I see no reason why I can't write a book and get it published if this woman can. She said that she had a dream, and she woke up, and she wrote down her dream, and then she published this book, and boom. And I thought, well, I've done that a million times, and why haven't I published a book, you know? I've, woke, I've had dreams about books. I've written down ideas about books. So that yeah. became my new obsession. And I quit my direct sales job at the beginning of 2010. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, right when I got fired. So it was good right timing. Right when you it's got fired. worked hired. out really right. well. So,
1: um, <laughs> still had another part-time job in an office. <laughs> Right, so if you want
0: to pursue your dreams, just keep in mind the timing is never going to never be right. Going to be right at all. So, in fact, this—if you really look back at it, just I'm just noticing this now, actually—that okay. was probably the absolute worst time. Yeah. To to do something like that, but yeah. we just knew, we knew you needed to make a change, and yeah. it's just you just were so determined. You were just like, I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to get published. And yeah. I thought. That's a great idea. You should do that.
1: Yeah, and so. I did write a book. I wrote the book. I finished. I dug out a manuscript that I had started. I didn't even call it a manuscript. I dug out this stack of papers where I would started a <laughs> book, and I finished the book. And once it was done, I was like, great, there's that. <laughs> and then I mailed it to publishers and promptly got rejected because I really didn't know what I was doing at mm-hmm. all. And after that, over the course of the next two and a half years, I did write Um, four other manuscripts and uh, learned editing and joined Romance Writers of America because I knew I was writing romance novels and um, studied each and every publisher and what they were looking for. And that's um, when I landed my agent from a friend who was in this Romance Writers of America group that I was in. And she recommended her agent and I sent it to her agent and that's who wanted to, wanted to sign with me. And then we had the book sold in two weeks. So it was an overnight success after two and a half years. Right, a two and a
0: half year <laughs> and the book overnight ended, success. And the book
1: ended up being titled and is my debut novel, um, Tempting the Billionaire. Which is why we wanted to call this <laughs> podcast
0: From Full Bankruptcy Circle.
1: to Billionaires. So in case you thought that we were the billionaires, I'm really sorry to disappoint you.
0: <laughs> right. Not at this point. We're, <laughs> we're a few zeros short uh, on but, a few of this, our income and assets. And maybe this <laughs>
1: would be a good closing point, actually. What can you tell people about, about how much money you need to live comfortably? Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think people absolutely. think you need to oh, have absolutely or the, or people believe because I'm published and have a couple of dozen books under my belt that I'm and you're just, just a millionaire. making in millions
0: of dollars. And it's right. true
1: we have more money than we've ever had before but I don't I mean I can name people who we know with traditional jobs that make more money than we do. Correct. <laughs> so Correct. it's not that we're not building and growing and expanding right. it's right. just that I don't think you need as much money as you think you do to be financially free. So maybe that's a better question. Yeah,
0: I think if the goal is financial freedom which I believe everybody at some point think, oh, I, I want to be financially free, whether they want to have you know a million in the bank so they can retire and you know, not go to their job that they hate. Um, but I think you, you don't need as much as people think. Um, one of the biggest things that we learned through this whole bankruptcy and going through Dave Ramsey, and we also did a crown financial class, and we led a crown financial class at church as well, which we do suggest is a great class. Um, just like what Dave Ramsey says is, um, debt is dumb. And once we realize that debt is dumb, even if it's business debt, or even if it's real estate investing debt, or even if it's money I borrowed on credit cards to buy something that I thought was an asset, um, that that was just a bad idea. And once you don't have credit card debt, or school debt, or car loans, and you have you know you put twenty percent down on a fifteen year mortgage, you're a few years into that, you actually have money, and you don't you know like we always say. We don't always spend our money perfectly every month, but we always, since we have an emergency fund, we always say, well, if we spend all of the extra money we have this month, it's still not going to hurt us. Right. Because we don't, we haven't mortgaged our future to our past. Yeah. So.
1: I love that phrase. Yeah. Because that really is what you're doing. And, And break that down for everybody.
0: Absolutely. So if you're... If you go today and um, you know put a few dollars down, let's say you put three percent down on this huge house that you can barely afford um, on your current income, well, what you're not taking into effect is you sign this thirty-year mortgage. That what what's going to happen if you lose your job, you know? And that's that's you know how are you going to pay that? Or if you you go out and you get a cup you get like two new cars and you each have a car loan, well, you're basing that on your current financial picture and what if you have a kid what if you get laid off <laughs> or get laid <laughs> yeah. off right or you know have something else that happens or uh you know or have a medical issue where you can't work or you know what can happen and if you are signing up for debt today it just doesn't make sense to me because you just don't know what's going to happen in the future
1: right and so. and even on a smaller scale if you want to re carpet your a couple of rooms in your house and you put that because you know it's same as cash it's it's a lower interest rate you can save money if you pay on it monthly and you really really need that carpet for those bedrooms because your carpet's just a filthy mess and so you justify getting that carpet for the house you get it installed and then your water heater goes out
0: right and you know, and hopefully it doesn't ruin your, your new carpet. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And
1: maybe your water heater goes out and maybe your fridge takes a crap the same week. And right. maybe and then your then, transmission
0: goes out. Right, it's just, it's you just so, don't know what's going to happen. I think
1: that's the importance of having an emergency fund, which we'll get into on the next um, podcast when we're talking. It's going to be called um, maintaining your wealth. So if you've worked this hard to get to the point where you're not drowning in right. debt anymore then what do you
0: do right when you actually have extra money each month which which is what we do currently and it's just crazy like the amount of money we've made the last few years uh, with jessica's income and her book sales have been getting better each year it's just been crazy we're just like wow what do we do with this and i think uh, money is such a tough subject for people to talk about and i also feel like when you do have some money when you're making decent money you 've got your bills paid you you're out of debt um, and you're ready to invest or do something with money. I feel like you can't really talk to that talk to people about that yeah. because most people are on the standard american diet of, of of debt yeah standard American debt, and they've got you know their mortgaged or second mortgages on their house. they each have a car payment uh like you said, they got the carpet done, so that was only fifty or hundred dollars a month for that payment, but then they also got. Their kitchen remodeled, so then their Lowe's credit card is, sure. is at $5,000. So it's just all these and things I also, compound. I don't know.
1: I just want to say this doesn't mean you're a bad person if you don't look at debt the way we do. John and I have a very extreme view of what it means to be financially free because we were so financially enslaved. Right. <laughs> so... Right. um you know, if you're someone who that sounds like you, that sounds like the cars and the house and you're juggling all the balls and you're just like, we're fine and I don't want to change this at all. Thank you very much. That's fine. Sure, I think absolutely. if you if you get to the point where that you're like, this feels wrong in my gut and my soul and I really want to change it, um, then maybe this is something you can hear right now. But for me, right. I I guess I just never really thought... I guess I just never really thought I could be to the point where I wouldn't think about money. And so the biggest thing that I've learned after going through that bankruptcy and climbing, you know, back up to the top of the hill where I could see some sunshine (laughs) instead of being like down in the hole is that I don't think about money. It doesn't affect my daily decisions. It's not... Um, can we go out to eat? Can we afford to go out right. to eat? It's well, right. do we want to go out to eat or right. not, you know? Right. Um, it's do we want to take that vacation or not? Right. It's It's more of what we want to do, not what we are forced to do right. because we've got we're trying to leverage pay this bill on this time and this bill at this time and this bill at this time right you know you just schedule the bills online and they get paid because the money is there and the money is there because we have been relentless in our journey to staying out of debt because i think it's
0: saving absolutely and saving and it does get
1: tempting to go just run out and buy a new car and it does get tempting to you know buy a new countertop or right, remodel or your the entire to a kitchen new or, yeah you know. get a new boat instead of buying a used boat all of that stuff is For
0: cash, really
1: know. tempting but we have such a um strong belief in this freedom of feeling there's just nothing like it not owing and we do owe on the house i mean to be transparent right, we right, do yeah. owe on the house um but that's debt i think that we've agreed to be okay with you know sure, we're yeah. all right with that
0: yeah it's a 15-year mortgage and a great interest rate and it's being paid down yeah Quite a bit each month, yeah. so and also we have so those um, a personal journey. right? And we have guess some real, we have say. some real equity in the house too. So the the big thing is if we need if something happened and we needed to move to a different state or whatever the situation is, uh, we could sell this house even if there was if, even if there was a down market. Um, we could because we put so much even down. Even if on, the
1: real estate bubble burst, yeah. Even if the, another <laughs> real estate
0: <laughs> bubble burst, we could still sell this house and get out of it. Um, for what we owe on it or you know we actually would would make quite a bit. Which was also sold, a
1: consideration so. when we purchased because we looked at two other houses that were uh, a great deal more money than this one and the Correct. bank the bank actually approved us for over double the amount of mortgage that this house was.
0: Yeah. And think, yeah. over double. Mm-hmm. And
1: Absolutely. so we could have gotten approved for a mm-hmm. very huge huge house loan. And we were like, no, because we want a 15-year mortgage. And so I think it's more important for you and your partner. If you guys have a plan and you're on the same page, that's the most important part. Because everybody's going to try to get you to sign up for a credit card. Everybody's going to try to get you to take... Out a bigger loan than you need, want, right. or desire, and every car company is going to say, "Hey, you can just swap this, Absolutely. even swap, even trade for your yeah. car." But if you have that financial education to go back on, and you are on the same page as your partner, then I think you're. I mean, I think that's the most important part.
0: I think so too. Yeah, just being on the same page. I mean, you don't have to go down the same journey we do. Um, yeah, I I hope I also, you don't have to. Yeah, my gosh, <laughs> I <hope you laughs> wouldn't don't have to. wish that upon anybody. Um, but we're so, um, I always say I'm allergic to debt, and yeah. it really is is because it was so painful to go through what we went through. Um, and it's kind of interesting because Dave Ramsey, if you listen to his story, uh, what he did, he did uh, kind of a similar thing that we did um, as far as over-leveraging. Um, I always tell people that he basically did what we did with an extra zero behind it. Um, and so he ended up having to file bankruptcy for his real estate company as well. And he dug and clawed his way out, and that's why he just—what he know,
1: talks about, yeah, ab- absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: And so he has the same feeling that we do. We're just like, you know, dead is is dumb to us, and it is just because it hurts so much. So, well, what else do you want to say while we uh, wrap this up? Looks like your uh, coffee is gone, and my beer has been finished. <laughs> so, well, I really hope you found some value in this podcast. Um, and again, everybody's on their own journey, but maybe this will give you some tools or some ideas, um, to, to come up with where you're just like, you know, maybe I should get out of debt or maybe, maybe there's a better way to do this. So, but we'll have all the links to this on the, uh, all the show, show notes, notes yeah. and that'll be on, you're my webmaster. So yes, what, what website will that be, be on?
1: One drink with john.com.
0: Oh, that's well I probably yeah. could remember that. That's yeah. pretty easy. So yeah, yeah, so just check out one John dot com for any of the show notes. Um, you know, talk about the movie The Big Short, uh Dave Ramsey, any of these things that we have mentioned on here will be will be on there. So well thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful day and cheers.